Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, B-Fan Podcast. Welcome to another episode, and as always, thank you for your time. Today, I'm here with... Latanya Seal. And tell us your story. What's, what's, what's the little background of Miss Latanya Seals? Well, okay. I am not only a wife of 42 years, I am a mother of a son with special needs. Michael, my son, mm-hmm. was two and a half pounds at birth, mm-hmm. 53 days in the hospital, and $1,000 a day for him to get out. He's now 40, and he's an uh, abstract artist, and he's been painting for over 27 years. Uh, and I am also a front office coordinator at the Graduate Career Services at USC for almost 24 years. Okay. Mm-hmm. So can we get into I want to get into the art part okay. really quickly. How, how has art shaped your life before your son? Were you really in the art or was it him that brought the art side out of you? That's really interesting that you would ask that because I remember as a, I want to say, 10 or 11-year-old going to the beauty shop where my mother worked. It was called Neville's House of Glamour. And I remember having a pad there. It was my job to answer the phone and say, Hello, it's Neville's House of Glamour. It's Latanya. Yeah. How can I help you? And then I'd have to say, Darlene, telephone. Because, you know, there were no transfer buttons or whatever. Yeah. So anyway, I took a pad and I would literally draw profiles of people, the ladies while they were in the beauty shop, including their hairdos, and I would take it over to them and say, look, and they would be astounded. And they would go like, oh my God, that looks exactly like me. And I was thinking like, oh my goodness. So I'd always ask my mother, why don't you send me to art school? Mm -hmm. And as I got older, I realized, you know what? I could have gone myself. It wasn't (laughs) up to my mother. (laughs) But um, I've always loved art. I've always drawn. I've always... Um, dabbled in everything. I do uh, gift baskets, gift bags. I've mm-hmm. done, you know, um, gift bags uh, for a marketing professor at USC for probably over a year and a half, two years uh, for all her corporate speakers, mm-hmm. things like that. But I enjoy um, art because I think it, I call it really getting rid of the kinks in life. No matter whatever art is something, I think in part of creativity helps us communicate better as people. It helps us get along. It washes away the cobwebs in our life. Many times it's a stress buster mm-hmm. when life is overwhelming. And to me, when you're doing art, you're not thinking about yourself and you're not thinking about your troubles and your challenges and you're not thinking about all the things that you have to do on your to-do list and you're not beating yourself up oh I didn't do this I didn't do that so I think art is that really it's called a bomb or a salve because it cures things Mm -hmm. you know you can't put your finger on exactly but after you've done something you look at it and say wow that's pretty good yes you know you want to do it again and you want to recreate it and you just keep chasing that feeling yes it's a good feeling it it builds your self-esteem it does small steps at a time Mm -hmm. it really makes a big difference and those are like the some of the most important things it's, it's the smaller things and like just creating for yourself and then you figure out if other people like it right because a lot of people will get lost in oh will other people like it or is this going to impress other people but i feel like the more we create for ourselves the more the easier it is to find the audience that's that best suits us absolutely and go ahead yeah no but mom used to tell me um your opinion of me 
It's none of my business. Right. And, you know, she'd always tell me never to compare myself with other people. Mm -hmm. And I think when you have a loving mother, somebody that always encourages you to be your best and do your best, no matter what, if it doesn't meet other people's standards, it's okay. Yeah. You know, as long as you're comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. As long as you're comfortable with yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's really. And then it's, it's I feel like, I just want to know, where does it get hard when it comes to the criticism? of art or your art how should people take on criticism and versus constructive criticism well it's real interesting now my son is an abstract artist yeah. as you can see behind you i love that's it that's a Amen. lot it's called universal peacemaker i don't know if you saw a heart at the very top right there somebody brought that to my attention a long time ago mm -hmm. but to me abstracts gives an opportunity for everybody to express themselves. A lot of people don't like abstracts. Yeah, they say, but I oh, think I could it, do that. Oh, it's so exactly. easy. Then or do it. A child did it. You know what I'm saying? Then right? do it. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And, you know, my mother used to say to me all the time, nothing beats a failure but a try. You know, so if you, you need to have that creative spark and at least want to go out there and do something. Mm -hmm. Like you said, if you're talking about it so much, go do it yourself. Yeah. But, um, the cre I think the criticism, that's interesting because the art that I've done before, a lot of, I, I, really, I think I, I don't have a loose hand like my son. Mm -hmm. If you see my art, it's real structured. Yeah, you know? I get that, yeah. And it's just like everything is in place. Like, like if I did a lady with hair, I mean, every curl would just be so perfect. Yeah. You would go like, dang, you know, <laughs> are there any things out of place? But, um... I don't know. A lot of people have never really criticized my art, mm -hmm. so I don't really know how it feels. Right. Um, I'll tell you what, though. I tried to sell some art for, like, as cheap as, don't laugh, $25. Okay. Now, the people like the subject matter. But I was going, like, if they don't pay $25 for it, you know, my goodness, it must not be, you know, to mm -hmm. their standards. But yeah. it's okay. But actually, that reminds me of uh, this quote by this creative designer. His name was Virgil Abloh. Mm. He's the creator or the director of All Off White or something like that. Mm. He passed away though, no. sadly. But oh, really? how old is he? Uh, maybe his forties, maybe fifties. Oh, that's pretty young. But he died from cancer, I believe. Mm. But this, I don't know the quote exactly, but it was something like, "You could take a can and put it in the street, and it'll be seen as trash. You could take the same can and put it in a museum, and it'll be seen as art." So, so it's not really so much as uh, what you made. It's really where you put what you created. Interesting. So I can take, uh, well, yeah, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I really like to pay attention to and apply to, like, all walks of life. So it doesn't necessarily have to be something that you created, that you watch where you put it, but... You, as a person, you should watch where you put yourself. Because if you're going in, into environments where people don't really notice your worth, you will feel worthless. Even though you can have a lot of self-esteem, you can have all the confidence in the world. But over time, being chipped away at so much in the wrong environment can really take you down as a person. So that's when you got to get up and move environments. And once you do that, you can really... Uh, expand on your way of life because even being a child in uh middle school it was i had two options at high schools i could have went to i could have went to public school where all my friends were it was 
a all right environment, but mm-hmm. it wasn't necessarily an environment that I saw myself growing in. Mm-hmm. Or I could go to this private school that was all boys, mm-hmm. that was new to me, a, a, an entirely new challenge, and it was structured in a way that I've never seen life before. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather take the step that puts me in an environment where I don't know what's gonna happen, and I can be comfortable inside that uh, unknowingness. Mm-hmm. I you love like the, the challenge. Yeah, I love the challenge nice. because. I, when you start at zero, it's easy to see your progress and it's easy to keep up with. Even in coming all the way to California right. from Detroit, wow. Michigan. Is I applaud you. Yeah, thank That's you. Amazing. Being such a small guy from it, Detroit isn't small, but when you get to the neighborhoods it gets even smaller. And so coming from the projects of Detroit all the way to Los Angeles, downtown Los Angeles. Down downtown LA, it's just so surprising me that I was able to pick myself up and get myself all the way over here. And I chose this school in particular because it was it was so vast and it was so different amongst all walks of life. You could see every race, you could see every gender, you could see every person, every height, every size, everything. For me to throw myself into this fire, it's like, okay, what can I make? What can I what can I do? Mm-hmm. At that point, it's all up to me on what I want to do. I could create my own person. Well, I think that's part of uh, success mm-hmm. is being flexible. As I said, not being afraid to try things. Yeah. And to challenge yourself every day. You know, I think that's a it's something to wake up to every day. You're like, what am I going to have? What's going to happen today? Mm-hmm. What am I going to be doing? So what are some things you challenge yourself with? Well, oh my goodness. Oh, what do I challenge myself with? Well, as an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. I am a, I don't, I used to call it serial entrepreneur and I stopped calling it that. I'll call it a multiple entrepreneur because when I was back to that beauty shop with my mother, she'd gone through a divorce. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that she did was she went downtown LA to a beading store. She began beading complete dresses okay and complete tops right and you know women years ago they used to wear the beaded tops uh to formal events with the long skirts mm-hmm. and so she did this as a therapy as i say after the divorce so all the beads that were left i would make earrings of those yes. and i literally got a pegboard and she got me some hooks and they would take that pegboard to the beauty shop again mm-hmm. and she would bring me home like ten dollars every day i go what's this for what she and she sold. said um all the earrings sold for a dollar and here's your money i was like oh my gosh i think i have a business but i never really thought oh i have a business i was just thinking i was being creative with her leftover beads yeah but so i've done that i've done tupperware before okay i've done mary Kay about three times what's mary Kay? uh mary Kay is makeup and skin care that is actually, oh my goodness, it's a 75-year-old company started by a woman that used to sell things and she never really got the accolades that she wanted to, mm-hmm. but she wanted to empower women. Okay. And one of the things that I really like about Mary Kay is the fact that when you um, purchase some Mary Kay, some makeup or skincare, you're actually helping women that have gone through domestic abuse. Right. Because that's where they put a lot of their money. So I've done the Mary Kay before, Tupperware. I've done something called Silpata, mm-hmm. which was gold jewelry. I sold that. Um, I 
I created a set of greeting cards with my old family photos, and I even do that today. Like I said, I did gift baskets. I've done all kinds of things. So every time, like right now, I did the T-shirt yeah. website, which you saw. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you had a chance to visit my son's website with his art on it. I'm going to check it out. Okay, I'll, I'll share check. that with you. Okay. Yeah. But um, challenging myself right now, I'm just trying to run businesses, and I want to really try to get a business together okay. before I retire here from USC. That's, that's my beautiful. goal. Yeah, that's not like what my mom's trying to do oh. right now. But I want to go back and snatch the piece of accolades mm. and her not being able to accomplish those. Mm. Something that I was, uh, I read this quote when I was in, what class was that? I think I was in math class or English class or Chinese class. I don't know what class I was in, mm -hmm. but the quote was like, uh, it said something about oh my god I'm blanking on it it was like something to do with being accredited with the work like if you pride yourself on getting the credit for what you've done you won't get as far as you would if you don't care who gets the credit. Absolutely. Something like no, that. No, you're, you're right about that. Can Ab you go in on that? Well, that's really interesting because, well, I don't know. I'm, I, you know, faith is very a uh, big part of my life, you know, yeah. and having a son that was born two and a half pounds. Uh, most babies are 41 weeks. My son was born 27 weeks, which, you know, five and a half months. So I really was doing a lot of praying yeah. for, for the most part. But I think that it says, never think of yourself any more than you are. That's what really the Bible tells us. And, you know, you're to be walking by faith and not by sight. In mm -hmm. other words, you can believe it before you see it, in other words. So, to me, I, I don't know. I would just, it, like you said, it doesn't matter who gets the credit. But, um, okay. So... When I do a lot of things that I do, I, I don't say, oh, hey, look at me. You know, it's just like, it's creative. Yeah. People see it. They enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And they, you know, just talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. So my, my dad was also an entrepreneur. He was another one. He was, um, oh, my gosh, he was a Baptist minister, okay. you know, for a minute. And then he was also, he... Uh, managed a cover band. Mm -hmm. His biggest success was owning a fabric store. And uh, he did that for about 14 years of his life. And he was also a postman mm. as well. Yeah, but you know, so I've, I've, been, I've never been um, afraid of having what you call side hustle or side gig or whatever, because I saw my parents be very successful in their own businesses, mm -hmm. you know, and um, I always tell people, like you said, a model or whatever, um, don't quit your day job until your side gig is making more than your day job. Yeah. That's the time to leave. You know? Okay. And then two things. Sure. I'm going to try to remember the first thing, but the second thing, since we on the don't quit your day job, damn, it went away. But no, it's... I don't want to structure it. Like, I forgot. That's okay. It was. I have other quotes that my mom gave yeah. me that I sort of live by, you know? Okay, let's go into parents. Okay. That's okay. the first thing that I want to ask. Okay, okay. Right, so sure. how important are parents in the household? Oh, my goodness. I absolutely, one of the things that I thought about, um, my father had been in the Air Force, and then he came, you know, back um, after that, and he um, um, began looking for the jobs and so forth. Now, he did have asthma, so there was always an excuse for not working. Yeah. So my mother came from a very strong um, 
background. Her father was a minister. Yeah. And raised five kids. Everybody was successful, you know. And um, so they all lived by the Bible, the mm-hmm. word. So what happened is I when they divorced, of course, that really shocked me. And I realized... I didn't realize it at the time, but you know, as a child, you think it's their, your fault that they're divorcing, when in fact, it's the, the fact that the two of them could not get along, possibly, yeah. right? So then um, my mother would literally, after the divorce, she said to me, well, honey, it's me, you, and God against the world. <laughs> and I said, okay, so she said, let's hit it. <laughs> and, and I really never felt that, oh my God, I cannot survive by not having a father. Oh, what am I going to do? Of course, you're thinking down the road mm-hmm. that, you know, um, a girl does need her father because you need to see the perspective of a man's side, opinions, and a woman's side. Mm-hmm. But I certainly feel if you have one good parent, you can succeed in life. Yeah. And like I said, encouraging you to live your dreams and to... to um, be a success in life. I think you can make it. Yeah. You know, and it's a lot. It's a lot about love. Mm-hmm. My mother hugged and kissed me every day. <laughs> taught me how to pray, and she said to me, uh, "And if, you know, the Lord, everybody learned the Lord's prayer. Uh, now I lay me down to sleep. You know, everybody yeah. learned that one. And every night, my mother would tuck me in and kiss me, and she said, "I love you." And I say, "I love you." And she say, "Pleasant dreams." <laughs> you know, so I was like, "Well, I'm supposed to have a pleasant dream." Oh God, <laughs> this is so good. You know, and again, she was a hugger, and I think. Touch is very important, okay. you know, and I think it um, breathes, I, I think you, if you're comfortable with who you are, you can succeed in life. And everybody has a different, I call it twist and turns of life, because mm-hmm. you never know where you're going to be, mm-hmm. who you're going to be influenced by. Yeah. You know, so I think if you have a, one good parent, you can make it. Two is even better. Yeah. But, it, you know, it won't stop you in your walk. You shouldn't let it define Absolutely. you. Absolutely. For sure. I know a lot of people who will get on that tangent and be like, oh, my parents split a super long time ago. So that that's what has defined my life. And I feel like that's just a bad job Mm-mm. on that person. Because, I mean, yeah, you could point your fingers at society and your parents. But at the end of the day, the only person that makes decisions for you is you that's right the circumstances around you can influence those situations in a big way but you are the deciding factor it's it's always that one split second between decisions that you get the chance to say yes or no absolutely and every day you have a choice yeah that's the beauty of it yeah, when you it, wake up every day it says be ye transformed mm-hmm. by the renewing of your mind so mm-hmm. every day you have to be you know whatever you read because yeah. whatever goes in comes out you yeah know? so it should be something positive it should be something you know and a self-motivator you don't okay. need anybody you know it's interesting as an only child uh i remember my mother had this uh, lady and she says I don't know. I think Latonya's not going to make it. She's going to be mentally challenged. And my mother said, why do you say that? She said, she's in there talking to herself. <laughs> and my mother said, she is not talking to herself. Honey, she is in there playing with her Barbie and her pen and her all her little dolls. And she's got to do all the voices. She's exactly. got imagination. Absolutely. And how I, do you feel about imagination? How do you feel like it shaped you as a person, how we should use it more often today? Because a lot of people, I feel like, don't have that big of an imagination. They think it's crazy. No, I think that is what, if you look around you, Uh everything starts with a thought. Mm -hmm. Look, we always talk about Thomas Edison and the 10,000 times that he (laughs) failed creating the light bulb with a filament. And he said, you know what? That's the way I learned 10,000 new things. So I think if, 
without imagination, nothing would be around us. Right. Think about it. I mean, yeah. really, um, where would we be without it? Mm -hmm. I think, you know, um, it grows and expands even as you get older. Some of the things I'm surprised at myself with technology, I'll say, you know what, let me just try this and see what happens. And if you make a boo-boo, like my mother say, hey, if you spill a glass of milk, you get throw that away and get you another glass, but you keep moving. Yeah. You know, that's what she said to me about education. Never because when I went to Hamilton, um, High school, my uh, all my friends were getting jobs, and even in high school they had jobs. Mm -hmm. And I and I was going like, "Ooh, I can work here and I can work there." And she said, "Honey, what college you going to?" <laughs> and I ended up applying, going to San Jose State, and I have a BA in health science, um, coupled with it's a dual degree in Afro American history. I should have been teaching mm -hmm. that as well, but I never did. But after that, um, I got married. Um, oh boy, like I said, on eighty one, but. My husband and I ran a carpet cleaning and janitorial business, mm -hmm. and we actually, I was telling somebody today, we were cracking up, but some of our carpet cleaning jobs were on Rodeo Drive. We did Valentino, we did Gucci, Bulgari, we did um, NCM, I mean, Lina Lee, we did Carnegie Delhi, this is all carpet cleaning. They said, Oprah's coming in to Gucci tomorrow. We need wow. the carpet clean. And we said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. We'll do it right as away. As long as we can stay in Sierra, too? Oh, no. Of course we did. <laughs> <laughs> I was well back to work by that time. Yeah. Yeah, so it's been a fun ride. But I met my husband because I actually... Um, Right down the street, 43rd and Figueroa, mm -hmm. there was a lady that was at my church, Mount Moriah, and um, she asked me one day, she said, Latanya, could you take me home? And she lived maybe about 20 minutes away from the church. Yeah. And I said, sure, why not? Right. In the meantime, she tells me, oh, I need you to meet. Um, I have this really nice guy I want you to meet. And I told her, I said, at the time, um, I said, look, don't give him my phone number if he doesn't know Jesus. Literally, just like that. And so she gave me his number, and we talked on the phone for maybe about two weeks. And then after that, he came from Long Beach all the way down to um, Melrose. And, um, oh boy, Crescent Heights or something like that. Melrose, mm -hmm. something like that. And so um, I met him, and on the elevator, I said, oh, you must be LaTanya. And he says, I said, you must be Michael. That's how we met. Yeah. So, because uh, we had never seen each other before. And so then... We dated for two months, Okay. and after that, we got married. I got married on his birthday in August, August 29th, wow. so he wouldn't forget his anniversary. <laughs> mm -hmm. But in the meantime, long story short, this woman, where she worked, was the Hugh Hefner Mansion, the Playboy Mansion. What? And my husband was a bodyguard there. What? Yes, and I would always say, well, what cars are you parking? He said, I'm not parking no cars. And I didn't find out... Um, what kind of bodyguard he was until he was actually trying to give up the job. Says, what kind of bodyguard was he? Uh, so he said, oh, honey, I have to go turn in my gun and get my last check. I go, what gun? So he had had a gun for the whole two months that we were dating. I never knew it. You didn't know. It was just like a trip. Oh, my God. He was crazy. <laughs> so anyway, he was a really nice guy. You know, when we dated, we went to uh, church. I'd make him go to Sunday school with me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I go, well, let me see how serious he is. Yeah. But, you know, it was really kind of fun. But yeah. he, too, is an artist. He's another artist. He draws fruit. Art. Yeah, he draws fruit and stuff like that. He doesn't really, he used to draw, like, uh, you know, female bodies and stuff like that. But he doesn't do that anymore. He's just like, you know, yeah. I like fruit. Yeah. Yeah, so, but anyway, yeah, we had a really cool thing doing so, that. So, go back into what you were saying. I loved everything that you were saying. But one thing that struck me most was the, uh, the importance of reading. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so I believe that I always tell my son, 
uh, leaders are re- readers are leaders. Yeah. By far, you know, it's like, um, like I'm reading some books that I have like no idea. Like I'm reading this one book. Um, okay, I don't know. Well, I can't remember all the titles of it, but it's about this woman who is a child of a couple that were both of them were married and they were dating and then here comes the baby and once the baby comes this mother abandons her child runs away from the relationship and leaves the father to raise the daughter okay it was amazing it's amazing it has nothing i you know i didn't go through it yeah just a book is a book yeah but but i really into you know i really like motivational books like um og mandino he wrote one called the world's greatest salesman okay you know i've heard that that. have you Uh, i Mm -hmm. listen to like sometimes i I wake up like just super early and mm-hmm. start playing like random stuff. Oh, absolutely. Oh, like, just so it'd be seeping into mm, my brain. I like Jim Rohn. He's another yes. one. I yes. Do you I Have you heard guy. of Zig Zagler? Zig Zagler. No. He's another one too. It's no. all about, you know, a lot of it is, okay, I hate to say it, but network marketing or multi-level. That's you fine. Know, I like all those Anytime things. you can learn something. Well, new. you know, we, like me and my son, we sell organic coffees, lattes, and teas. Okay. You know, but it's all made by Ganadera lucidum, which is a mushroom, yeah. a reishi mushroom. Okay. It's supposed to be health benefits and things like that. But we pair that with his artwork. And people love it, you yeah. know? Yeah. So. I need to get back into painting. Yes, you do. Because I haven't, I haven't, like, since I've been out here, I don't even know, I don't even know if people know that I know how to paint. Well, this is interesting because I was talking to another student here. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if I can... Anyway, I, I was talking to a student here. I thought he was you. Mm-hmm. And I said, excuse me, what's your name? And yeah. he told me. And we had a long conversation. And then guess what he said to me? What? Oh, my father knows a guy who owns an art gallery. And I go, oh, really? And I was thinking that you, my son, and one of my other friends can do a triple I don't okay. mind. I would love that. I would love to do it. That, yes. That would just be something I could add oh, on to. Oh, and then, because you don't have any painting out here, right? I don't have any painting. Well, we, this here. is going to be the start of it. I yes. think this is going to be so exciting. Just I let can't, me know I can't wait to introduce you to the, to the world. Yes. Yes, Thank absolutely. You. Yeah, because uh, I got to, uh, when I got back in high, when I got back, when I got to high school, mm-hmm. that's when I really, like, started to, mm, I want to say my, Junior year of high school, I got back into painting because mm-hmm. I was like right after COVID. Okay. So I had sure. got like super bored. I got oh, just bored at home, and one day I was like, you know, I need to start painting again. So I just started, started going in and going in. Oh, and people think it. that you gotta have this old super long thought out process about what you want to make. It's literally just take the paint and put it on the board. It's it started. Nothing, it's Absolutely. nothing crazy to it, and then mm-hmm. you let your thoughts flow. Exactly. And one thing I noticed about myself is that I didn't have a set style. So mm. it'd be like, I paint like this for like two weeks. And then mm. after that, it just seems like I forgot how to paint like how I was two weeks ago. So now mm. I'm on to something new. And it's like, I'm just going at it and going at and it. And you can always go back to and, and add to it. things yeah. and add to and then, it. And you'll see something different you haven't seen yeah. before. And then you, can, you go back to a painting, you're like, oh, this is my favorite paint. <laughs> and you take it and you draw over it. That's what you do. You don't, you don't love, you, you take that painting and you draw over it. Because it teaches you how to detach from your work. Oh, well, and, yeah. Well, okay, so it's hard for me to detach because my son did a piece. I kid you not, he sold an original. Yeah. Oh my gosh, about six months ago, and the name of it. What was so the it? name of it was called Winning Spirit. I love that name. And it, let me just describe it for you. It was like suppla- suppose it was black canvas, 
watch this, black canvas, and you have lime green and white and um, what other color? There was one other color in there. Lime green and white, like flowers all over it. Yes. But it's called Winning Spirit. And I, you know what I said? I should have bought it. And when the people bought it, I was like, oh, don't get it. I, I was happy for it, but I was yeah. sad for it, you yeah. know, because I, I was going like, you know, you need to do this. But let me show you. I did this the other day. I like that. I was that at an off. event mm-hmm. where all these women, and there were survivors of cancer, men there were too, mm-hmm. and we all sat down and everybody painted a bunch of heads together. That seems so fun. And it was, it was just really a very good experience, and I was going like, oh my goodness, these people are pretty amazing. Everybody had a different a take on their, their heads and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know. It was like, I don't know if you can... Yeah, I could see. Yeah, but it was very, it was, I told him, I said, this is our therapy, you know, and I I also used to tell my husband, I said, you know what, all these crafts and things I have around the house, it's for a reason. I said, it's cheaper than therapy. Mm -hmm. You know, you can go to Michael's and get all kind of paints, like Mm -hmm. you said, and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, so, but every, every day, I do prayer. I have on my, actually on two prayer lines. At six o'clock every morning, my phone rings from Houston, Mm -hmm. and I have a cousin that chimes in from West Virginia, so we call it the... 8 a.m. Prayer Warrior Family Circle, Houston, West Virginia, and California. And today was our 712th day on the line because we were praying for a cousin that had lymphatic um, cancer. Unfortunately, he he went back to work after 82 days, Mm -hmm. but he passed away of the cancer at 598 days. But we said, you know what? We thought we were praying for him, but in fact, we were praying for ourselves. So our family's getting stronger. So there's 10 people on the line every morning Mm -hmm. on that one. And then at 7 o'clock, I call into a one that's called the 7 a.m. prayer line. And actually, it's been going for 10 years. That's beautiful. 10 people, I mean, 10 years. So people used to laugh at my minister, mm-hmm. uh, Pastor James, because he started it and now the minister said, hey man, how'd you start that? I, I need that same thing. Mm-hmm. So it's very strengthening. It's We, we give um, prayer requests, um, there's uh, testimonies, and the testimonies of others really help to encourage people to just go on, make another day. I you know, it. I'm happy to be uh, alive right mm-hmm. now, all this stuff going on in the yeah. world. We need to pray. Yeah, we it do. strengthens us. It yeah. energizes us every day. And uh, yes. let me see. Um, something you said about uh, the art and how it's like you can see people's take on the world. Art is really like a gateway into seeing behind people's lives because Absolutely. once you dissect it, and it's, it doesn't have to be anything crazy like oh this composition this this composition that you can tell through like the colors, the shapes that that people use the types of pictures people use, the way they paint their faces, the way they draw hair, you can tell how how they see life as a whole. And then once you see that, it's easier to understand people. Absolutely. And then a lot of people feel like, oh, I don't know how to draw. You know, it's, it's nothing. It's not a skill. It's, yeah. To me, my son used to call it a God-given talent. It is. And if you, you just need to it. put something in your hand and trust it. Mm-hmm. You see, yeah. trust it on that canvas. Yeah. You know, you'll be amazed. I Actually, I'm, I'm going to share some photos with you at some point, but uh, I uh, I used to paint online with some friends because I really wanted to do that as well. Yeah. And um, like I said, me and my son, during COVID, we painted over 50 pictures, you know, in combinations. So all in my bathroom, I put all my creations. Yeah. And I, I literally look at them and go, how did I do that? Yeah. That is really amazing. Because you, you know, zone into it, it mm-hmm. and you just get lost in the work, like you were saying Absolutely. earlier. And then once you come out of it, you like, 
Who was this person that did this? Right. I'm not sure who did this. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, if you really sit down and named and, and took a piece of paper, mm-hmm. I mean, and write down all the talents that you have inside of yourself, mm-hmm. you would really be amazed at yeah. it. You know, many things I like to do, you know, like I used to make posters, giant posters mm-hmm. and things like that, you yeah. know, and greeting cards online. And I send brownies with it to people and they go, How'd you do that? And I go, hey, it's so easy. It's you just, just start. You just exactly that's it. The hardest part Most is to people, start. there you go. And I think fear. Yeah. You know, absolutely. So what I how I think of it as mm-hmm. instead of starting something new, because that can be so daunting on a person. Oh, I have to start this, and now the anxiety comes and the thoughts flow in. How long am I going to do it? How much of it do I have to do? How much of my time am I putting into it? That's when people start to overthink the work, and they end up thinking themselves out of the entire idea. Absolutely. So something I read was instead of making it, oh, I'm starting something new, just think of everything as a continuation. Evolution. Yeah. Absolutely. A continuation of something that you have already been doing. Correct. So For example, my son, um, he does like mostly 16 by 20s abstracts. So his uh, one time he said to me, he said, well, when he started painting, he, he literally said to me, get me some tempura paint. Me and my husband had been trying to, to do tempura fish, and he thought that was it. I, I said, it's called tempura. And he said, okay, I don't care what, just get me some paint. <laughs> so he started painting, and like I said, all the different abstracts came. But he said to me one time, get me some white painter hats, right? Okay. So I got him some white baseball caps, and he started painting those, and he called those his um, power Power caps. I love it. Power caps. I think it cap. This is power caps. Power caps. Yeah. Power and caps. so it's amazing. So we were going like, well, what is that? So ironically, we would just like sit and paint a whole bunch of them, right? And yeah. then some, some of his artwork, for example, because he's done over 350, but we literally used to sit down and have naming ceremonies. I'd go, okay, what do you think this looks like? What do you think this looks like? And he would tell me, and we'd write it down, you know. Yeah. But his, his titles are cuckoo. I mean, they would be like, you know, uh, corporate gangsters and stuff like this. Well, I like stuff like you that because it But the power hats took off so and we were going hard. like, and he said, well, if it doesn't work, we won't do it again. But so yeah. the, pop, the really, the, the um, uh, I think the uh, definition of success is to do something and if it is successful, do it over and over and, and keep, over again. Keep chasing that feeling. Absolutely. Keep chasing that feeling and when it run out, you find a new feeling. Absolutely. Get stuff. off that get off that horse and get on a new one. Totally. Buy a horse farm and just ride as many as horses as you want. Because success, it can be successful in so many different ways. Absolutely. And at so many different things at the same time. True. And and, and money is not necessarily it's never an act well, it is. But, well, but I mean it's necessary. Yes. It's tr- truly necessary. But it shouldn't be the reason why you're the deciding business. factor. Right. Like, you know, I had a conversation with another lady and we were like yeah, suppose you don't make any money. Yeah. Well, then don't beat yourself up for not doing that. Yeah. You know, again, you're uh, nothing is carved in stone, mm-hmm. so stay fluid. Mm-hmm. Really, that's the way you're going to yeah. make it. You know, it's, we create the rules. Absolutely. Him, like, totally. We didn't come to earth and it was like, okay. Well, is, here we go. The Bible is, said what? In the beginning, God yeah. created. He created you mm-hmm. to be the creator. Yeah. And his ideas were you are unlimited. Yeah. It's unlimited. It's Indefinite, right? Yeah, and so we got here. Be what you want to be. So all the laws we got today, we the ones who wrote them down. Know, so that's right how now. you 
exactly. if we wrote it down, we can erase it. Absolutely. Because everything has to do with time. That's good. And everything has to do with timing. Exactly. So if you start something today and it doesn't take off today or next week or next month or next year, you may just be so far ahead of the curve that you got something that nobody even thought of yet. Mm-hmm. And that's when you should stick with it and stay with it and promote it even more because when it take off, they're going to go back to you and say, yeah, we know all of these is more famous than X, Y, Z, but this is the starting foundation. Well, you know what? It's interesting. My husband, my husband often talks about this. He goes, look at Elon Musk. Right. He has come here and created this car, and Ford and Mustang and Chevrolet, those people have been here for years. Mm-hmm. And then I heard somebody say the other day, his whole claim to fame is hearing this. If you want to succeed, be like Elon Musk. He calls it relentless execution. So whatever you do, it's like, you know, you got to be a beast mm-hmm. if you believe in it. And you can, I mean, this guy stays up all night long. He can't go to sleep. Right. It's like Michael Jackson. He had tons of <laughs> songs in his head. And, you, you know, gotta get there you go. And just exactly. get out. Because the more it stays in. Oh, even you're going to blow up. It causes even, health. <laughs> terrible health benefits yes. by not letting it out. Yeah, even right? if it's Bring good yourself. ideas, even if it's good thoughts, it will exactly. eat you alive. And that you will become depressed. You will become anxious because you like... I don't know what it is. Well, that's why journaling is, that's why journaling and writing is so important. Keep going. Get it out, Mm -hmm. right? Exactly. Let it out your hand. How long have you been journaling? Oh, my goodness. I've been journaling since college. Way before journaling. Yeah, I've been journaling way since college. What got you into it? What started Why did it take till college to figure out that journaling was something that you... Well, you know, okay, when you're in college, a lot of people say, oh, I don't like... I I said, oh, I asked one person, why did you go to law school? They go... It's too much reading. It's too much writing. It's like, well, wait a minute, that's everything, you know? Yeah. But I, I think when you write, you're able to express things that you wouldn't be. Like right now, one of the things that I'm doing recently is I'm dreaming. Yeah. And I'm remembering my dreams. And I'm writing about, and all, I've done it, don't laugh, it's most recently, no. but I've done eight and I really call them shorts because if I once I write it, I see it playing mm-hmm. as a movie in yeah. my and I'm like, oh, this is amazing. I was thinking, I think you know what? I want to dream and just do some shorts. Yeah. Maybe I'll do that. We you know? way more informative. We we way more uh, powerful than we can ever imagine. Absolutely. And people think it's just supposed to jump out at you, but really you got to put in small steps and yes, you got to just do. do the small the small stuff, just writing stuff down. Exactly. And it come with consistency. That's the, correct. The more consistent you stay, oh my goodness, the more so prevalent, right. the more prevalent whatever you want will start to jump out at you. Because the way the universe and God play around mm-hmm. with it, they go, mm-hmm. "All right, you say you want this, but you only doing it once a week." Mm. Okay, you're doing it once a week, but you're yeah. doing it once a week on a different day every week. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. even if you do it once every Monday, mm-hmm. that shows. Uh, 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 that shows your mind and your body that, okay, we consistent with this. We can do this every single Monday. It don't got to be every day and every night because I know that can be overwhelming exactly. for some people to think about. But as long as you're doing it on the same day, the same day, at the same time, your body will build a, a, a habit towards it. And it'll be like, okay, we consistent with this. And then it'll start bringing stuff to enhance that. Exactly. Enhance that whatever you've been doing. Exactly. So you yeah. just... The more consistent you stay with stuff, the more it'll jump out at you. And that's when you like, you, you'll feel way better. And I just finished this book on, uh, it was talking about resistance and mm. the creative process. Wow. It's called The War of Art. I woke up at like 
have, have, you, you have, have you read The Art of War? Yeah, I've read The War of Art and The Art of War. I woke up at late. And now I'm reading with my son all the um, exploits of Hannibal oh. and how he used to deal with the Roman army. Okay. It's pretty deep. Okay. Oh, my goodness. I want to share that with you. Okay. Um, yeah. That's, so, yes. Oh, my gosh. Oh, let me talk about The War of Art. Yes, go ahead. Okay, so for yeah. The War of Art, yes. he was basically saying, like, resistance is something... No, I'm just... I'm just oh, resistance ahead. is something that happens when... It's, it's basically like... Easier for you to format, if I say, like procrastination. Yes. The resistance that you have towards uh, doing a certain task grows more and more the more important that task is to you. Mm. So the more resistance or procrastination that you feel towards a task, he was basically saying lean more into doing that task and just start it and it'll roll over and you'll feel way better. But because how it works is, like I was talking about with the consistency, your body is going to challenge you to make sure this is something that you actually want to get into. Exactly. And it's not going to waste the time to get into a new venture if you're just going to drop it off within the next month. Mm. Because now you've picked it up and wasted a month of your life because you weren't actually committed to it. And I'm not saying that you have to stay uh, committed to something for the rest of your life, but you gotta have you have to give it deliberate time. Well, correct, and, and once, you should be driven so and interested. Even if, you, even if you only do it for a month, that should be the most deliberated month of your life. You <laughs> should be able to look back on the month and say, "I don't want to pick this back up, but I did do it so great for so long for a month." Well, also what I I'll say I'll say say is focus. Yeah. F for follow. Mm-hmm. O for one, C for course, U until you succeed. So focus. That's what it's all about yeah. to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You stay focused on that exactly. task and, and you, you will succeed. You, you will succeed and you don't have to get the money, the fame, the power, the glory. But success should be something to you that you, you wake up every morning and you say, okay, if I were, if I were to die tomorrow, I'll be okay with what I what well, I left accomplished. Absolutely, I, what legacy? Yeah, absolutely. That, yeah. I, that's I think I think about that too. What legacy would I like to leave? You know, mm-hmm. I'd like to leave that of, you know, that I was caring, that I was loving, and I used to have friends that tell me, "Oh, Latani, you're so selfish." As the only child, you know, a lot of attention was brought to me. Yeah. But um, one of the things he says, you know, our pastor, oh, do something good for somebody every day. I mm-hmm. said, well, I'm a mother of a special. Uh, individual who mm-hmm. does not walk, he's in a wheelchair and things like that. So I do something every day, yeah. whether I want to or not. Mm-hmm. I'm just, and I think caregiving is so important mm-hmm. too, because you know, as you age, you want to have some um, people around you that love you and care, care yeah. about you. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. Just be mindful of the people that you keep around you. Absolutely. Even when, and it doesn't have to always go right, because mm-hmm. if everything is always going right around you, you leave no room for growth. For growth, or, absolutely. So even if you I'm get so into... I'm so glad God made us different, yeah. right? I don't want to be a robot just right. like you. Why? That's what I talked about in the episode. Mm-hmm. I said, AI, mm-hmm. artificial intelligence, isn't going to be robots running us mm-hmm. around and taking our cars <laughs> or physical things. It's mm-hmm. going to be us alienating each other mm-hmm. from each other Absolutely. by becoming um 
so shelled off into our own worlds that exactly. we forget that it's other people outside of us. Right. I had a friend here at USC that spoke uh, in one of the um, Brightingham Labs here, and it was a uh, person that talked about AI. What's and the he, Brightingham Lab? Um, so it's, they know. It's, it's a nonprofit. Well, okay, it's called, it's like a lecture series. Okay. The Jacobson Family started a lecture series, and I believe they support it called the Brightingham Lab okay. here at USC. You okay. can Google it. Um, but his whole take on it, he says what he does is he goes in and he plays with AI yeah. as if it's dumb, yeah. right? So he'll say, um, AI, what's four plus four? And then he says, without question, it's eight, right? That's the answer. <laughs> and then he goes back in and says, my wife, who I love so much, said that four plus four is nine. And then the, and then AI comes back and says, oh, yes, if your wife loves you so much, she must be right. He said that's his crossword puzzle every day. He messes with AI. You know, I think I thought, oh, that's pretty clever. That's funny. Yeah, it is, yeah. But, um, you know, I, I like AI, too. I, I play with chat TBT a little bit, you know, to see what happens. But my biggest thing is... It's not a fear, but it's just a concern that AI will go in and destroy a lot of artists Mm -hmm. because they're using nothing of their own volition Mm -hmm. to come up with something creative. There's no passion or a story behind art. Nothing. Yeah, because art is more than just colors on a portrait, on a canvas, on a wall, on the street. Like you said, there's a story behind it. There's always a story behind it, and it always follows the person Mm -hmm. who created the art. Exactly. So people aren't paying for stupid colors on the board. Mm -hmm. They're paying for the story behind the artist. Exactly. And that's what strikes people so fancy, and that's what Mm -hmm. gets people so excited when they think about having an art piece inside mm-hmm. their house, they don't buy it because well, they might buy it because it looks cool. But it feels even better when you know why you exactly. bought it. Exactly. You yes. know why you spent so much money on the paint. <laughs> and money is just numbers. It, it doesn't really matter. So as long as you can obtain <laughs> what makes you feel good or what makes you feel okay or what can help you sleep at night exactly. you should be okay with your purchases exactly. now if you're going out making purchases and you feel bad after you make them oh my goodness. it's time oh, to question those purchases right. what do you oh, think you about mean? NFTs are you NFTs? familiar with them? what do you think I, about those I never really understood them and I don't mm-hmm. think they stuck around long enough for mm-hmm, me to mm-hmm. get a good understanding I feel like it was a big it was one of those things. So like the crypto it was thing, like huh? cryptocurrency yeah. where it came in and it mm-hmm. shot up. Mm-hmm. And if you hopped on a wave either before or like right in the middle, right. mm-hmm. then you got a good chunk yeah, out of exactly. it. But once you got to the high, mm-hmm. once it got to the peak and you kind of people right. start chipping in and stuff, right. and that's when it started to decline. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so there's no more market for it? What do you think? I don't know. Mm-hmm. It might be. It may not be. Mm-hmm. I'm not well versed in it enough to. Me neither. I like the, I like the old tried and true yeah. myself personally. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so anyway, <laughs> yay. Um, any more questions for me? I mean, we would just have to do a second episode. Okay, sounds uh, fine. Sure, but that was a that had so much fun. Quick. Oh, super. Oh, do book. you have a quote a day? You dropped a lot of quotes inside okay. the, a quote a day. So, yeah. um, let me see if if oh, um, I had I had let me see, I did have some food. Um, I can't remember now because my husband's trying to get me out here. Just off the top of your head, just what was the first thing that comes to the top of your head? Let's see. 
I'm trying. That's a good one. Um, comes to the top of my head. Well, I I would just say that make every day a good day. You know, there is some bad things in, in, in every day, but you can find something good in every day.